It's just us, right? It's me, Cindy. I got to tell you what I did. I need mail or text, but I get tired of typing, you know? Anyway, I was kind of in a hurry this week, so I went to the yoga class, just wearing a regular t-shirt over the stretchy, skin-like yoga pants. Not even a long t-shirt, because, you know, if I took the time to find a long enough shirt to cover, well, you know. I would have been late for class. Not that big a deal. Mostly everybody there is wearing fitted leggings, and I don't think any of us are really judging anyone else. Jeez, at least I hope not. Anyway, after yoga, Lane says to me, come on, I got to stop at Target. And I'm like, I can't go in there like this. And she's like, oh, who cares? And I was thinking about how I just finished talking about fashion anxiety triggered by school and how I would tell my younger self, everybody's too busy worrying about how they look to think about how you look. So I'm like, okay, I'll do that. But then I'm like, what if that's not true? All right, I did go into Target. My skin was crawling. I felt totally exposed like a guy in a Speedo. Only really, it doesn't ever seem that the guy in the Speedo is really the least bit self-conscious. Maybe because he can't see how little is left to the imagination because his gut's blocking the view. I hope that doesn't sound judgy. Really, it's more than just some kind of admiration mingled with wonder. Because I really think men don't have that same how-do-I-look thing that women are plagued with. Anyway... So here I am in Target heading for the kidney litter and for the first couple of minutes feeling like I need to be weaving through empty aisles to block people's vision. But then I kind of forget about it. Kind of. But then I was flooded with relief when I got back in the car. But I keep thinking about it. I'd like to say that it wasn't a matter of vanity. But was it? Or was it just a little too close to having any imperfections, real or imagined, exposed under the glaring fluorescent lights for everyone to see? or gape at, or be appalled by. Would that have bothered you? Or is it just me? You know, if you're listening on the Anchor app, there's a button you can press to leave a voice message. I'd kind of like to know how you feel about it. Would you have stayed in the car? Would you not have given it a second thought? You know what else I've been thinking about? There are too many ways to communicate now. Too many. Here's what brought that home. I got a message on my phone. A message, mind you. Not a call not a voicemail, but a message that popped up on the screen. Only I was in the middle of whatever it was, so I didn't look at it at the time. So later, when I went to read it, I couldn't find it. I only knew it was from my goddaughter, Amber. So I checked the text messages, nothing there. Opened up Facebook Messenger, nothing new there either. I opened the WhatsApp that her mother, Jill, has chosen as this year's favorite method of contact. And no, not there either. No email. Don't even get that on my phone, thank you very much. Just on my iPad, my laptop, and my computer. Because a girl's got to have some options. But do we really need all those options? Anyway, so I text Amber. And I go, honey, I saw that you left me a message, only I don't know where it is. Was it a text or an email or, or a Facebook messenger or a something else? And Amber writes back, LOL. And I write back, no, seriously. Where did you send the message? (laughs) Anyway, I don't think we need all those options. I get that maybe texting works better than the phone, where sometimes you're stuck leaving a voice message or sometimes get the voice mailbox is full announcement that sends you back to square one. Emailing is okay, but it's not the same as talking in real time. And if you have questions, then you got to wait for an answer. And it could be a long wait. Texting is like baby emailing although it does have the feeling of having a faster delivery system. 
And sometimes you just know that whoever you're texting has that phone in their hand. And as soon as it vibrates to signal the message, they're on it, getting right back to you. But sometimes you don't hear right back from them and you're like, are they ignoring my text? I'm not so quick at responding because I only have the phone in my hand if I'm on it or texting. Mostly my phone is in my bag, silenced, so it doesn't call out to get answered while I'm doing something else. I think I do that because I remember when all the phones were tethered to the wall. It makes you perceive it differently, less fun, more function. If you've ever sat next to the person you were having a text conversation with, you're not going to like this very much, but it really cracks me up. Seriously, they're sitting right next to you. Turn your head, open your mouth. I was having a conversation about that once face-to-face with a friend of mine, Jim. He said, imagine if texting came first and then the phone. Nobody would text. They'd all be like, wow, this is so cool. I totally agree. Cell phones have spurred a new, I don't know what you'd call it, social plague, or just a new height of rudeness. It's called, and I know this because I just read a gripping expose in Time magazine, it's called fubbing, phone snubbing, P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. You know, You're having a heart-to-heart with your best friend, and right as you reveal your innermost worry, should I have gone into Target wearing my yoga pants? Her phone buzzes, and she picks it up. Hello? Oh, hi. Oh, nothing. What's up? Nothing? Except you're sitting right there. Is it because they're a doctor and it's an emergency? Is it because you're boring them to tears and they were silently hoping anyone, someone, anyone would call? Then you're like, who was that? And they're like, oh, phone solicitor. Yeah, it's a safe bet you've had that happen at least once and maybe once this week. The article suggests that you make it a practice not to answer your phone. Perhaps turn down the ringer. Maybe keep it tucked away and check it after I've poured my heart out to you. Just some ideas. So back to all the ways to be in touch. Everybody seems to have a favorite. I still prefer a real-time, voice-to-voice, actual phone call. Lane does, too. Most of my friends text, so I have to remember to check the cell phone. There's Skype, and you can leave a message on Skype. Patty and Adele prefer Facebook Messenger, so i got to open that up every once in a while to see if or what I may have missed. I still get plenty of email, although when I say plenty, I mean more than half are trying to sell me something. But it does seem to be the preferred choice for anything related to business, like, you know, official stuff. And for my mom, who emails rather than calling. I'm like, Mom, just call me. And she's like, oh, I know you're busy, honey. Jill does WhatsApp, which is mostly little videos. But then I discovered I can do a little voice message, which uses less battery, loads faster. And I don't have to look at how truly bad those selfie cameras make me look. Luckily, Twitter, Instagram, whatever else aren't preferred options yet. At least, I don't think they are, and if they are, I'm missing all those messages. And we got a break when AOL discontinued their messenger. One down. Of course, nobody was on AOL Messenger anymore, which is why they discontinued it. Here's my idea. I think right now we need to get everyone to fill out a questionnaire. Pick one preferred form of contact and stick with it. Until some tech-savvy whiz kid can create a single app that would be able to open all the messages. The Acme Putes Communicator. P-E-W-T-S, phone, email, WhatsApp, text, Snapchat. Somebody want to work on that? Meanwhile, I watched Lewis Black, the comic, talking about Facebook. I have a, a, a thing that I deal with in terms of all of my music. It's called Spotify. I joined it. 
and it said that I could either um, sign on to the membership by going through Spotify, but that would take a long time, or I could join by Facebook and be there in a moment. So I immediately go to my music, and I pick a tune out to see what it's going to sound like. And within 20 seconds, someone who is not my friend shows up and announces to the world that Louis Black is listening to Adele's Rolling in the Deep. That's supposed to be a secret. Now everybody knows I work at home. Have you heard of Orny Adams? Am I the only one who thinks he could be Louis Black's younger brother? Clever and ranty, only less profane. Here's a little bit of his comedy special called More Than Loud, which is more than just funny. I got a ticket because the thieves in Los Angeles are stealing off of our license plates the little registration year sticker. So I called the DMV, I go, hey, there's a mix-up, I got a ticket, but my car's registered. She goes, sir, sir, you need to prove to us that your car's registered. I said, I'm sorry, am I talking to the DMV? (laughs) Isn't that a little piece of information you should have? She goes, sir, it's policy, you need to send us a copy of your registration. I said, I don't even know where that is. She said, we'd be happy to send you a copy. (laughs) I didn't even open up the envelope. I just wrote return to sender. And since we've reached the comedy portion of this week's episode, I saw this video on Facebook. Thank you, Lauren Cacapardo, for sharing. It's this guy, uh, another really solid comedian. His name is Brad Upton. Talking about telephones. Phones used to be on the wall. I'm not making that up. Tell you something else, people used to call us. We didn't know who it was. I'm not making that up either, am I? Remember the phone would ring? You would run to answer it. You pull your hamstring getting to the phone. Now you hear that thing ring, you go, whatever. And do you know why you would run? Listen to this. Do you know why you would run to the phone? Listen to this. Because if you didn't get there, there were no answered machines. Look at you looking at me like, no way. And then you didn't know. You did not know. You'd stand like, who was that? And then, listen to this. You had to call all your friends, listen to this, on numbers that you stored in your head. I'm not making that up either, am I? No. All the old people in here, they know the number of the house they grew up in. Am I right? Yeah. Now do you know your spouse's number? No. Phones are smart. We're not. (laughs) And one more look back from Brad Upton. I don't want to sound like a broken record. You know what that means, right? People under 30 never own a record player. They don't know what that means. They don't know what that means. They don't know what that means. (laughs) You still don't. Thank you and good night. Thank you. I'll be here all week.